Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. This week, we are joined by author and speaker, Jamie Erickson. We talked about homeschooling with young children and her new book that will be coming out soon. What she had to say, we are sure will encourage you. And thank you for teaching textbooks for sponsoring this week's podcast. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Good evening, everybody. We're, we're super excited because uh, this week uh, we have, I think, six more days until Sam, uh, my second oldest son, gets married. And so it's just like this this uh, mixture of emotion. We watched uh, Father of the Bride last night with Steve Martin. And so I've been listening to the, the music on Spotify today just to rip my heart out, (laughs) (laughs) just to to whip up the emotion so I can feel it. And uh, I was down in my office this morning and or this afternoon and Sam came down. He's starting to empty out his room, you know, pile up things just so because his little brothers are taking over his room like the the minute he leaves. And uh, and Sam looks in and he goes, I said, hey, and he goes, are you going to cry? I might. I just might. So, uh, but we're excited to have a special guest with us. We have Jamie Erickson and, uh, you know, Jamie, I don't know a lot about you and here's where it gets a little weird because, um, I've been on interviews where the interviewer didn't know anything about me and I'm not even sure they knew we homeschooled and it was super weird. So I've been doing a little, you know, looking at your stuff and I really love it. And in fact, we get lots of people who will say, Hey, we'd love to be on your podcast, you know, and they're a Tupperware expert. I mean, they don't even know what we're about. And so, uh, but so, uh, we don't do very many of them, but I was really interested in what you're doing. You have a book coming out. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but I guess I was most intrigued, um, uh, about, you know, the title of the unlikely homeschooler or the unlikely homeschool. And I just, I, I was intrigued by that and I don't want to get ahead of myself. So it's good to have you with us. And why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Well, I am Jamie Erickson of The Unlikely Homeschool. I'm the mother of five, and I'm the college sweetheart. I've been married to my husband for about 17 years, and we are second-generation homeschoolers. He was homeschooled back in the 80s and 90s when it was, like, super weird and um, practically illegal in most states. And I titled my blog The Unlikely Homeschooler because I was a teacher for several years. And to sort of cross the party lines and join up with this, you know. The enemy. Yeah, the French (laughs) movement of homeschoolers. I mean, I had a a mark on my back, I think. And also because um, at the time I was teaching at a really small Christian school that granted its teachers childcare, free childcare, and then your kids could be grandfathered into the school and come for free. So on paper, it just made way more sense that I would keep teaching. I mean, I'd have the same days off as my kids, the same vacations. Um, It just made earthly sense, but God had other plans. It was highly unlikely that I'd ever homeschool. In fact, um, my mother-in-law, I remember, she was the one that taught my husband for years and years. She came to me once um, early on. I don't even know if I had any kids at that point. And she asked if I'd ever consider homeschooling. And I think I laughed right in her face <laughs> because I just thought it was the weirdest thing. Who would do that? Um, but God has a sense of humor. And um, he led me right to this. And I, there's no turning back. Well, I think a lot of people, I mean, I, I meet a lot of homeschoolers who say the same kind of things. I wasn't ever going to homeschool. I didn't know anything yeah. about homeschooling. I wanted to get... You know, so what what took you over the edge? I mean, what took you to that place where you said, "Okay, let's start this thing? I had a baby. 
And oh, just, yeah. the, just the thought of, you know, here I had this little tiny girl and just the thought as we inched closer to kindergarten, the thought of sending her off for somebody else to enjoy her for six to eight hours a day, that ripped my heart out. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't even fathom that. And um, so that was, it wasn't because I did it out of fear. I just knew I would miss her so much. And I wanted to be the one to experience all the first times with her. I didn't want to give that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So how and why did you start the, the unlikely homeschooler? And then, or, I'm sorry, unlikely homeschool. We have these okay. smiling homeschoolers, so it's just natural for us to say it. But then I also was wondering, so you were a teacher. What was some of that, what, what kind of perspective or different, uh, you know, what did you bring in from that? How did that change your view of homeschooling, if that makes sense? Yeah, total sense. Um, well, I started blogging originally back in 2005, and that's the, like the dinosaur era of blogging, but it was a private blog. I was, I'm was i a natural extrovert, and just staying at home with my kids, I kind of needed an outlet, a catharsis to get my thoughts down. And so I had this private blog that only invited readers could could read, but as I continued on and my kids grew up and we started homeschooling, so much of the blog was taken over by all our homeschool things. And people started hearing about it and wanted to read it. And sooner or later, I had all these strangers that I didn't know reading some kind of private private thoughts and um, just my sentiments about my kids. And I kind of felt a little uh, like maybe they might mind that someday or or um, right. that it was very intimate intimate thoughts about my kids. So somebody had just recommended once one day, why don't you make the homeschool part public and keep the private part private? And I didn't know how to do that. So I just started a new blog and that's how it got started. And it's Mm. grown ever since. Well, I think it's interesting because I know uh, everybody thinks, well, oh, you have a teaching background that makes homeschooling so easy for you. And Ah. I've met a lot of homeschoolers who say, I was a public school teacher for 20 years and nothing prepared me for homeschooling my own kids. Did you feel that way? Did you feel like maybe you had a handle on some things or how how do you put them together? Well, let me let you on a little secret, especially all the listeners who are, are not teachers by trade or don't have that, that pretty piece of paper behind their name or all the letters behind their name. Um, here's the secret that the, the experts don't want you to know. When you go to teacher's college, really all they teach you is how to manage a herd. That's really <laughs> all you learn. And so I came into homeschooling with that sort of mindset, but you don't need to manage a herd when you just have two or three kids staring at you. You know, it's, it can be so much more than that. It's actually, it gets back to real learning and the love of learning. So I think actually when I hear friends or, or people say, man, you know, it, it must be really nice to be able to fall back on that degree or at least have something to tell the, the naysayers, you know, well, actually I have a, a teaching degree and I get that. But I would say that in a lot of ways it, it hindered me at first. I mm. actually had to relearn how to teach. Cause it is different teaching someone else's children than your own children. Absolutely. Uh, I, maybe we're more patient with other people's kids or maybe we get to say goodbye <laughs> Or we don't understand why our kids are so stupid, or you know, or it, it is just, it's different. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think in a lot of ways it's different for great reasons. Like I really know my kids and all right. of their passions, their strengths and their weaknesses, and and I can play to their passions so much better and really help their 
help make their interests kind of steer the education versus having to stick to this timeline, the scope and sequence that the experts have deemed is the right way. Because mm-hmm. isn't that the goal mm-hmm. of, you know, a good teacher really tries to connect with each kid as much as they can. But obviously when you have X amount of kids, that just is not really even possible. But I, I mean, I, I remember, you know, you see so many instances where someone's like, oh, this teacher figured out a way to really get through to me. And it's like, that's what, I mean, homeschoolers get to do that every day with every co- you know, right. every one of their kids. And I just think that's so cool. Uh, and something that a lot mm. of people are missing out on. And you can be the most passionate teacher. You can be an award-winning teacher, mm-hmm. but when you have so much red tape that's in the school system and even just little things like disciplinary measures that have to happen every day or reteaching material for kids who are struggling in a particular area while the, you know, the rest of the class is twiddling their thumbs and being naughty because there's nothing else to do. I mean, you have all these setbacks right. um, in your way, even when you are you know, the world's best teacher. Mm. Well, uh, this kind of an abrupt change of maybe topics, but uh, but I, I was interested in and one of the things that you, you kind of talk about in your book, um, you know, how do you homeschool with with a baby or a toddler or a toddler or two or a toddler or six or because I know there are a lot of moms who write in like, you know, I mean, this all sounds yeah. great. Uh, in fact, we were talking to some experts, you know, in in homeschooling. And but they don't have kids. And, you know, and they're like, you mean you have to worry about kids and their bad attitudes? Like, not only do you have to worry about bad attitudes, but then you got this kid over here who, you know, all he can do is sit there and cry. Um, So how do you homeschool and do little kids at the same time? Yeah, well, I was that mom. I had, you know, my kids are eight years apart. So when I first started, I had four preschoolers all clamoring to get at the school table, too, and knocking things over and tearing things up. And I asked those same questions, like, how do I how do I live in the tension between being a mom and being a teacher and actually do both of them successfully? And I think too often when um, moms ask that question, what they hear is, you know, this toddler season is such a short season. Just enjoy your babies. And and that's true. And now on the other side of it, I can see it really is a short season. But I don't think those messages are very helpful. I think actually they're a little disingenuous when you're you're standing there wanting advice so that you can love your baby and feel like you're you're being a great mom and teacher. I don't think any mom who asks that question you know, doesn't want to be a good mother and a good teacher. You don't have to remind her of that. Mm. So I think actually what they really need is just some practical advice about how to, to do that all while leaning on that advice with flexibility and knowing that, you know, a toddler has a really short attention span, a short shelf life for what they, they can be interested in in any given time. So here are just a couple things that um, I talk about in my book, and, and I do go into much more length in the book about this, but my best piece of advice is for a mom to sit down one day, just take like 30 minutes in the day before the school year even begins, and make a master list of every possible thing she can think of that she has that can occupy that toddler. Um, every puzzle she has, you know, books, um, specific toys, uh, taught 
movies, if she has them, just make a master list of activities. So that way, in the busyness of the school day, she doesn't have to expel extra mental energy trying to think of something to do with this toddler. She could just look at the master list. It just takes so much stress out of the day if you have somewhat of an agenda of things that you can pull out of your hat um, to do with that toddler or even just to assign an older child to do with that toddler. I think another thing that's helpful or was helpful to me at least was to plan a bit of a schedule for your toddler. And it doesn't have to be rigid. I'm not talking about a line item minute by minute schedule, but I always liked to have out 30 minute increments in my day and say, you know, in this 30 minutes, this is what this toddler and I, or this toddler and a sibling, or maybe just this, this toddler will be doing, and then have another um, activity for the next 30 minutes. Now, a toddler isn't going to be engaged in that activity for 30 minutes. You might have 10 minutes at best, you know, with a toddler, but it gives that time a little bit of direction and gives some constructive activity for that toddler. And then they can toddle off and go do some free play. And, and here's the thing, moms, don't try to redirect them when they're going off to free play because actually you want them to, to go off and have some engaged learning all on their own. You don't want to um, squelch that because that will really come in handy when they grow up and they have that, um, that love of learning or that curiosity right. already in them. Don't squelch that curiosity. But I think in having you know, a 30-minute schedule that that moves along through the day with activities to say, you know, from this 30 minute, during this 30 minute increment, we're going to have snack And the next 30 minute will be, you know, to play with older sister A and the next 30 minutes will be to sit down with, you know, big sister B um, to just have some rotation in the day and give it variety. I found to be really helpful. Now you mentioned, uh, you said uh, taught movies. I mean, I thought it was in the Bible somewhere that's a sin <laughs> against having your kids watch movies during homeschooling. Um, I assume that you maybe think it isn't, and maybe it's an okay thing to do. Um, as a, I know there are some parents who would just think, it's not about homeschooling, they just put in a video and right. entertain their kids from, I mean, I had I, one of my favorite stories is a mom who had a bunch of kids and she was, you know, when her first kids were alive she, or little kids, she wouldn't let them watch VeggieTales, you know? And when she was sick and had five or six and the little kid comes in and she says, what are you, what are you doing? She goes, well, I just finished watching Star Wars. And she goes, go watch it again. <laughs> so how do you, I mean, how do you use a, a, a video? Well, I mean, I think it's like anything. It's got to be the potato chips of the day and not the meat, meat and potatoes of the day. So mm. it's, it's a treat that happens maybe not every single day. Or honestly, if you have a lot of older kids and maybe a toddler you know, give yourself some grace, mama, and just set them down with um, a, an appropriate toddler movie for 30 minutes. It's not going to brainwash them. They'll be okay at the end of the day. And and right. really, it'll kind of set the tone for the rest of the house. It'll allow everybody to kind of calm down and, you know, move into their own corners and take a breath. Um, and, and you'll find that it actually just giving yourself that little bit of grace to allow them to watch a 30-minute show can do wonders for your attitude and everybody's attitude. And you mentioned, you know, your schedule and kind of maybe plotting it out a little bit ahead of time. So what do you do, though, if you don't hit the schedule exactly? Does everything get ruined and, you know, you just let it ruin it? What, what do you think about What do you say to that? You know, I think an imperfect plan 
that gets done is better than a perfect plan that never happens. Mm. So, you know, they're imperfect people. They're toddlers. Your plan is going to always happen, have to morph into plan B. And there will be some days where you'll be on plan Z because you're dealing with toddlers and they do have a short shelf life. So you just have to make your plan and it, it will set your feet in a good direction. It'll be the bones of the day, but then lean on it with flexibility. Um, and then that's where you have to go back to that that desire to say, you know, this is a short season. So, in you know, once the tears start happening, just pick up your baby, sit in the chair and rock them, you know, and, and set right. school aside. But having a plan gives you direction. Mm. Sure. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. You know, a lot of these moms uh, have, you know, struggling learners. So what do you say to the mom who's you know, pulling her hair out with that one that she just is, you know, having a harder time with maybe? Well, let's all remember that struggle is a verb. It means that it's an action. You're, you're not sitting idly by just throwing your hands up in the air. Um, you're struggling with your child um, to get them to the next place. Um, and I also like to remind moms that um, the real teachers in the real school down the street, they have struggling learners too. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear a lot about IEPs, which is individual education plans. Those are very popular in the school system. And basically what they are is when you have a struggling learner, they'll set up a or a um, struggling learner or a special needs child, they'll set up an individual plan that's very specific to that child's needs. But guess what? As a homeschooler, we all get to have IEP plans. And, and actually, being able to struggle at home allows you to avoid a lot of those um, social and emotional um, struggles that often come with um, academic struggles. So you might think, mom, if you have a struggling learner, that somebody else could do this better or they would be much better off down the street. But that comes with so much more baggage that you don't even know about that you'd be heaping on to your child who's struggling. The other thing I'd say is just remember that homeschooling doesn't mean that you have to teach everything. This is your permission slip to tell yourself homeschooling actually means I, as the mom, get to choose what is taught, by whom, and where. So this is your permission slip to say, you know, maybe I can farm out this subject that I don't teach very well or they're really struggling to learn. Um, I know when my daughter hit, I think, eighth grade and she had to take Algebra 1, you guys, numbers and I have had a blood feud my whole life. And I knew I couldn't do it. And I knew she really struggled at it. And I didn't want to make it um, an arm wrestling match every single day. So I asked my friend, who is um, a math whiz, if she would tutor her. And, and she actually ended up starting a little homeschool algebra one class. That mm. wasn't a forfeit on my part. You know, that, that wasn't a loss. That just was me acknowledging my limitations, acknowledging her struggles, and um, saying, hey, this is my home school, so I get to decide who teaches Algebra 1. And this time, it's not going to be me. Well, I think what you said is really good. I mean, because sometimes we look at struggling that's a verb as in failure as a noun, you know, yeah. and it's, they're not the same. No. I mean, struggling's just part of it. And I think we're all just struggling maybe at, at right. various levels on different things. 
And that's the thing that I can completely agree with you. Everybody has struggles and strengths academically. And so your child might do really well with, you know, A, B and C and struggle with D. And I think that's what makes homeschooling so great is that you don't have to hold them back with that A, B, C and D. You know, you can just focus on their strengths and help them along in their struggles. And the struggle really, don't you think, is a... Uh, uh, verifies or verifies that they need parents. I mean, because really, if they didn't struggle, they wouldn't need us. Struggling is just the progression of I'm learning something. Right. Um, And whether that's in relationships, uh, you know, otherwise they come in perfect and there is no Mm -hmm. struggle. Yeah. Um, And they just need us to get them through that. Now is a perfect time to take a minute to talk to you about our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. We want to thank Teaching Textbooks for all their support of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Our family has used Teaching Textbooks for nearly 10 years, and we have loved almost every minute of it. The new 3.0 version of their curriculum is better than ever, and you can access it from Windows, Macs, Chromebooks, and even smartphones. Each and every math problem is explained and demonstrated in an easy-to-understand way that takes the stress and responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades so you can easily ensure that they are learning and checking on their progress. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun, and you can visit their website, teachingtextbooks.com, to check out a free trial and view a sample lesson. You can also visit their booth at a local homeschooling convention. Thank you to the Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this week's episode. As somebody who has an allergy to math, I totally raise my hands to teaching textbooks. It's it's kind of single-handedly saved many moments in our homeschool. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. I knew we were onto something when a, a couple my daughter was having a tea party and they were about 12, 13 and there's like six girls <laughs> sitting around this table and they're all going, "I mean, teaching textbooks is so awesome." And I'm like, this is so weird, having girls sitting around and talk about their math. That's a, you might be a um, homeschooler moment, you know? Yes, exactly. Well, um, I, I know that, uh, again, from your, from your book, um, you know, homeschooling and, and, and homeschool critics uh, kind of go hand in hand. And you even mentioned them earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a homeschooler, I know there are a lot of moms out there um, who, again, they feel maybe they're surrounded by family. They're the only homeschooler. They've got a sister-in-law or a brother-in-law who's a public school teacher or a private school teacher. And they feel like they're, you know, quizzing their kids uh, under the radar kind of mm-hmm. thing. What do you, how do you deal with those, those naysayers in the homeschool life? Well, I think in, just like in any area of life, there are always going to be critics critics shouting from the curb while you're down in the trenches doing the work. So as a Christian, I just believe that I, I can't return snark for snark. It That's almost always right on the tip of my tongue. I want to say, you know, oh yeah, well. Your but, kids are um, stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or flip it on its head and start quizzing them about geography and math facts and all the rest. But that's not my response. God has called me to the obedience and his part in it is the outcome. And so I just say to that mom, let your kids be the outcome. Your kids will one day be the proof and they're all the proof you need. So Mm. don't resist the urge to return snark for snark. I know that that's the easy default, but you're never going to draw somebody across the party line with with. Mm mean or hateful words. So just put your head down, keep doing the work that God's called you to and, and ignore the, the critics. 
because really those critics oftentimes come around and they lay and because they notice the difference between yeah. your kids and because again sometimes you know they're it, it feels a little new and cult-like and yeah. you know they're not sure about this thing but i including my own family has come around to just say wow you know <laughs> your kids are homeschooled that's what makes them better right. you know, or whatever and i would say too from somebody who was in was a teacher and I've received more than my share of criticism, even from coworkers. I also have to remember that oftentimes that, um, that critique or that harsh word is coming from a place of vulnerability. Almost people feel like the fact that I chose a different way and choosing a different way, I was, I was turning my back on them. Mm. It becomes personal and they can't see it as it's not a personal thing. I'm not rejecting you. I'm just rejecting this way. And so if I keep that in the back of my mind too, it really helps me to, to answer them from a place of grace. For yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. I, I think even parents sometimes feel that like, well, you weren't right. homeschooled well, on your case. Right. Maybe you are, you know, but you weren't homeschooled. So you think we did a bad job. Right. And, yep. and I would say, no, you did, you did such a good job with us. We came to this conclusion that this is what we'd like to do. Yeah, good answer. When you see that from other people who are choosing not to homeschool, and so then you, they feel sometimes I've seen condemned, like, mm-hmm. oh, so you think our kids are terrible or, you know, we're foolish for doing right. that. And while there may be instances of that, <laughs> that's not the main <laughs> thought behind it. And I think yeah, like you – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I- we can't answer for what God is calling somebody else to do. You know, there's a verse in scripture where Jesus turns to Peter and says, you know, if I've called him to do something and not you, what is that to you? You know, mm-hmm. that's not your business. Mm-hmm. Just put your head down and do your work. And so what do you say to the mom who says, I, and you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I just can't do it. I'm not qualified to teach my children. What do you say? Um, I think that... Um, well, hopefully my book will help quiet those voices of not good enough. I really hope so. Mm-hmm. But from somebody who does have a teaching degree, I guess I just um, want to encourage the mom again. You are qualified. You are equipped. God gave you that child for a reason. Don't question his ability to choose wisely. Mm. Awesome. Well, uh, you have a book coming out in just a little less than a month uh, from Moody Publishers called Homeschool Bravely. Uh, with the subtitle, How to Squash Doubt, Trust God, and Teach Your Child with Confidence. Um, I assume that some of the things we've been talking about are kind of in there, but how about a synopsis of the book? You know, what can we expect when we go pick up that book? Well, I hope that my book will help a mom face all her fears, faults, and what she perceives to be failures and help point her feet in the right direction. Um, it's, it's not necessarily a how-to book. How to Homeschool. I think there's plenty of really great ones on the shelf. But I think when you're in the trenches and you're actually homeschooling, you don't always need a a different tip or trick or a better curriculum. What you just need is a trust that God has your children. He has Mm. you um, and that he has good plans for the both of you. I hope that my book will give them not just tips, but also encouragement Mm. um, and and give a mom the courage that really is hers for the taking in Christ. So before mm. I ask you how people can get in touch with you and find more about you, um, what's something that, you know, if you could go back to 
you know, yourself, I, you have a 15 year old, I think you said. So back when you started mm-hmm. with her, what was something that you would have said then that you wish you would have known? You know, what, what would you tell your 15 years ago self? Oh, goodness, that is a deep one. Um, I guess just because of my background in teaching, I I'd tell myself, get over it. You know, I I I wanted to make every single moment count. And, you know, I had the, the list that I had to check off and, and I wanted it to be real school. And so, you know, I did mm-hmm. all the crazy things that you do when you want it to be real school and you set up the house to look like a classroom and you, <laughs> you know, have your your moment by moment line item schedule. And that's just a burden. That's a, a square peg in a round hole. It really works well over there with those other guys down the street because they are managing a herd. But when you try to put their ways and their plans into this new thing, but you expect to have a different result, well, that's just craziness. You're not going to. And and you're actually going to feel burdened and overwhelmed. And I did feel bur- burdened and overwhelmed. So yeah, I'd just tell myself, get over it. <laughs> I think like we need to create a new phase, you know, so you have like, you know, you have the toddlers, you have, you know, the the preteens, the teenagers, there needs to be like a new one for, I think probably every homeschooling family has gone through the stage of, we got to have it look like a real classroom with everything. Or I mean, that's just, I feel like a mm-hmm. beginning stage that everyone almost goes through and hopefully yeah. someday. Yeah, because that's just you know, our frame of yeah, reference. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people. Experience for school. And right. we just think it, if it, if it's not that then it's not right. school. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what these, you know, second generations and third generation homeschoolers, if they have those same struggles, and I'm sure they probably will, or it'll be something else, you know, but uh, yeah. that's really interesting. So what can, so where can moms learn more about you, contact you? Um, where should they go? Well, I'm kind of embarrassingly easy to find. You can find me at theunlikelyhomeschool.com, over on Facebook and Instagram. I also co-host a podcast with Kate Battistelli and September McCarthy. It's called the Mom to Mom Podcast, and you can find us on momtomompodcast.com or on Instagram. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Well, Jamie, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Uh, thanks for having me. uh, We're going to have to do it again sometime, and we look forward to your book coming out. And uh, again, thanks thanks for encouraging moms. Thanks for listening, and we pray that what Jamie had to say was encouraging to you. And we want to thank her again for being part of this show. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Teaching Textbooks for making today's show possible. You can learn more about all their great math products, view a sample lesson, and check out their affordable pricing at teachingtextbooks.com. Just a quick reminder, go subscribe to our weekly email and to check out our blog over at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. Have a wonderful week, and as always, keep smiling. Happy